What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I keep hitting you guys with that old school Martin Lawrence intro. This is Fantasy Football Weekly. Back with your boy Eric and Jones. I'm here with Jones as always. What's up, bro? Oh, nothing, man. Uh, glad to break down this slate, man. We've seen a lot of interesting stuff, man. So let's recap it for the people. Yeah, we're going to jump right into that. Uh, first of all, go hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube. If you're checking this out on our podcast or Twitch or whatever you may be using to stream this, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe, follow us, whatever it needs to do so you get every video we bring you on the regular. We're going to jump right into this. I'm a little under the weather. My voice is not 100%, a little bit of the cold, but we're going to jump in. We're going to give these games a complete breakdown. Week 5, of course. Let's scroll down just a bit. We're going to jump right in here. Uh, we already talked about on our weekend preview on the Seahawks beating the Rams. Zerline missing the last second field goal. Nothing really to jump into there. So let's just get right into it. Uh, Eagles-Jets. Eagles putting a beat down on the Jets. Jordan Howard is uh, mildly productive again. I think 10 or 11 points. Let's go ahead and bring that up. We're going to flip this screen sideways so the people at home can get a better view. There we go. Um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, uh, 15 carries, 43 yards. Seven receptions for 45 yards because he just gets it checked down to him automatically like it's going out of business. Um, I love it, man. Um as you can see, the guy uh, is game flow independent, uh, matchup proof, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the volume is just always going to be there. As soon as Sam Darnold comes back, it's going to be even better. But uh, Philly against the run, really, 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 really stout. One of the best teams against the run in the league. So no surprise that he only averaged about three yards a carry. But, uh, you know, moving ahead, as soon as he gets his quarterback back, be able to open some things up downfield in the running lanes. But, I mean, the volume... Uh, trumps all like what else can you really say you know all right let's jump back over to the eagle side of things um carson wentz not a huge day a buck 89 one touchdown a clean day but not really doing a lot uh 17 to 25 17 to 29 so not extremely efficient either i want to talk about jordan howard getting 13 carries to miles sanders nine uh Obviously, Jordan Howard, when the Eagles are going to be ahead, seemed to want to, you know, lean on this guy, and maybe he's going to be the guy as opposed to Miles Sanders. We thought at the beginning of the season, Sanders would take over that job and be completely in charge. Maybe he's hitting a bit of the rookie wall, uh, tiring down to the veteran in Jordan Howard. What do you think about that, Jones? I mean, I don't know if I could really get behind that, uh, to be honest. Like, it's still a true timeshare between the two. Uh, Jordan Howard did see... Uh, 29 snaps yesterday. Uh, Miles Sanders seen the same exact amount. So, I mean, it looks to be a 50-50 split. Now, I will tell you guys, for what it's worth, we did hear some coach speak today out of Doug Peterson saying that uh, he intends on getting Howard the ball more. I'm not real sure what uh, that means. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious what it means, but I'm not sure if it's actually true or not. Uh, he did at the end of that statement say, but we won't neglect Miles Sanders and the hot hand. So that also implies to me that they intend on doing a little bit of the same thing that they've been doing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I'm seeing Miles Sanders with four receptions, whereas as usual, Jordan Howard's going to have one to two max, and that'll be out of a out of a necessity, you know, out of a desperation maneuver because you're never getting him the ball in the passing game willingly. Uh, Miles Sanders is definitely going to get you that work. But um, I want to point out that Darren Sproles, 
sprinkled in here. Only got three carries, and other than the two quarterbacks, he's the only person who got a carry. Um, why am I seeing Josh McCown with two rushes for minus two yards in here? Did Carson Wentz go down or something? He left for a second. He left for I, a second. I do second. want to point out uh, Darren Sproles did get injured in that game. So, um, I mean, obviously that news doesn't pertain to too much maybe in like for you guys that are way super deep like 20 team leagues but uh Sproles did go out we don't know the severity yet if you're that deep in these 16 and 20 team leagues where you're using Sproles there's a good chance you don't have another active running back on your roster after him anyway trust me I'm right there with you in one of my leagues uh Justice Hill got to play football in my starting rotation for two weeks this season Mm. because when you are 16 teams and the bench is only four players deep that's what you get um. Yeah. Oh no! I'm sorry. That was a 17, 17 league, uh, seven or sixteen <laughs> teams, seventeen spots on your roster league. So there's nothing left in free agency, and Tevin Coleman goes down. So you're stuck. Um, yeah, not I'm a whole lot to look at here. Alshon Jeffrey, six for fifty-two, no touchdown. I mean, uh, biggest takeaway overall, really, Ertz having uh, his fine one of his finer performances of the year. Uh, five catches, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Finishes with around 16 or so fantasy points. Uh, That's encouraging. But, I mean, Ertz and uh, Le'Veon are really my biggest takeaways from this game. Uh, Le'Veon simply because of the volume. Like, I just love it. I'm in love with it. He's probably going to get a lot of uh, exposure for me in DraftKings next week because his price somehow dropped 400 against a team that we just seen uh, give up a bunch of yards and touchdowns to the running back position. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, very encouraged to see Ertz. Very encouraged to uh, see Bell and that workload continue. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. This was a beatdown. Not a whole lot to say about that. Next game, Panthers-Jaguars. This was a good one. Entertaining. Uh, yeah, Carolina jumped out to an early lead, Jacksonville came back, and then they played it tight the rest of the game. It was definitely must-watch football for that early slate. Gardner Minshew did not get the win, but once again had an opportunity at the end of the game for a Hail Mary. He, uh, twisted around in the pocket and rolled back out, uh, to his strong side, but he had such pressure on him he just couldn't get enough arm strength under it to even get it to the end zone. Keekley bats it down at about the five-yard line with no uh, Jaguars around because they were all in the end zone. Um, but an incredible day for him. 26-44, so not incredibly efficient. But 374, two touchdowns, no picks. He adds another seven carries for 42 yards. Somebody stop me and try to tell me Gardner Minshew's not the man so far this season. I'll stop you. All right, go ahead. Tell me why. Because if you look at his sample, while he has played very, very well, um, he doesn't challenge down the field whatsoever. Um, Against teams that are very quality, while the Carolina Panthers are now sitting at, what, 4-1? and Uh, Yeah, something like that. Are they on your threat to make the Super Bowl? The Carolina Panthers? Yeah. No, not at the moment, because I, I, I would assume at some point Cam will come back and, and you know, and ruin them. So. Yeah, so, I mean, my <laughs> my point being is he hasn't really played a whole lot of tough competition. Um, his A dot is under 10, which means that uh, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league as far as checking it down too much. So, uh, 
while it's been impressive, the completion percentage is sky high. Uh, he's throwing from me to you. So, you know what I mean? I mean, it is. I'm actually good with that. He's a rookie quarterback, undrafted, I believe, right? No, sixth round. Sixth round. Well, that's damn near. Um, The touchdown-interception ratio throughout the year has been solid, especially, you know, not even by rookie standards. Um, And he's getting a following in Jacksonville. I think these guys believe in him. Every week, Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the game, and it's not because of their defense, because you can see the score on this. The defense obviously didn't stop anyone. It's because of Leonard Fournette and the massive workload that that guy has. Guy touched the ball, I believe, again. I believe it was 27 times. Uh, Check me on that. 23 carries and four receptions. Yeah, 27 touches for somewhere in the ballpark of 140. And I believe he had seven targets in the air as well. So they are just going to ride that pony. Um no pun intended or anything like that. Uh, they're just gonna ride him until he's into the ground, man. Like that's where that's it. Live and dies. Yeah, with Fournette. I can agree with that. I um, I'm waiting for the Jaguars' defense to show up and be the Jaguars' defense. Um, they on the other side of the ball, they absolutely let Christian McCaffrey pull down their pants and spank their little asses. Uh, pun intended. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, his passing stats was 0 for 1, so he didn't make he didn't make a sweet completion for us. But he carried the ball 19 times for a buck 76, two touchdowns. That's 9.3 in average. He also had six more receptions for 61. Uh, only DJ Moore had the same amount of receptions and 30 more yards. He beat everybody else. Um, I loved this game because there was just young talent, up and coming talent all over the field. DJ Chark. On the other side of the ball, let's pull that up. Nice this game. this guy has six touchdowns now through through five games this season. Yeah, and uh, I mean, second uh, year wide receiver, eight for a buck sixty four. Incredible. And to be honest, he looks like Minshew's favorite target. Um, this isn't just a one game sample. If you look at Jaguars receivers who go off when they have a scoring day like this, it's DJ Chark. So I don't think it's a coincidence at this point. I think. That uh, DJ Chark is by far his favorite target. And then not only that, but uh, DJ Chark is actually pretty good as well. So, Um, you know, mix those two things in there. I want to add that to what you're saying. I think DJ Chark is his favorite target in the red zone, which is why DJ Chark is going to produce more out of those receivers on a week-to-week basis. I think throughout the entire field, DJ Chark is still the favorite, but D.D. Westbrook is right there. And they actually do a really good job in Jacksonville of sharing uh, with O'Shaughnessy and Fournette, Westbrook, Chark. Uh, They got Marquise Lee involved, I believe, for a catch. Finally, his first catch of the year. We'll be seeing him to come back. I think that he was always a number two or number three receiver that was being forced to try to be a number one in Jacksonville. And I'm interested to see, you know, how he can, you know, perform getting to play the number two and number three role and not having to go against the number, you know, the top talent on the defense. Each snap will be an interesting look for him as well. Maybe not fantasy viable, just, you know, from a football standpoint, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And he could become fantasy viable. This offense seems to be producing pretty good yardage each game and is keeping the games close. So so last, last thing that really kind of closed this one out. I'm listening to Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman on first take earlier. Stephen A. Smith, to close out a segment after talking about Christian McCaffrey, 
I just want I just want your take on this because this is interesting to me, okay. and I 100% believe it. Stephen A. Smith said that Christian McCaffrey is getting reverse racism right now. And just think about it. And then he follows that up by saying, if Christian McCaffrey were black, he'd be the hottest thing moving right now. But he's a white running back. No one wants to put him up there where he belongs. Why isn't Christian McCaffrey being talked about as the best running back in football? Uh, I think he is. He's at least but if you top ask, three. But if you ask the majority... He's not going to be the answer. It's going to be Zeke. Well, it's going to, you know, what I mean? playing PPR. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm talking. <laughs> to, it, it's it, this is not a fantasy question. No, I understand. This is this real is, football. Uh, I thought I had the best running back in football, but Zeke doesn't do what McCaffrey does, and Zeke doesn't really this season so far do what he does. I'm just saying. I'm just. I just wanted to pose that question to you and kind of get your take because I thought that was a very interesting. Uh, comment for Stephen A. To um, make 100%. Well, as we know, guys, Stephen A. Smith goes on rants that are racially charged quite often. I think that's fair to say. He's always got an opinion and seems to more often than not make it, uh, you know, about race and such. I actually, to a, a degree, um, kind of agree with him in this in this instance I agree with him because, um, yeah, you you go ask any fan of any of these teams' bases, you know, who their top three running backs are, and most Fairweather Charlie fans will say whatever running back is on their team first, and then two other guys that are really good in the league. And, and those two guys will be Gurley and Zeke. Those two guys will be at this point in this year right now, uh, Dalvin Cook and mm-hmm. Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll hear Kamara plenty. But I don't think outside of Carolina we would hear much McCaffrey, and that's a shame because... From a, I mean that's a do it all. He catches, he, he runs, never comes off the field. he doesn't get hurt. He always and and this is comes back to something I've said before with how he takes hits and how he prepares when he knows he's going to get hit is a big part of why I think he stays so healthy. I mean this guy, I, this guy's incredible, man. Like appreciate what you're seeing. Uh, I know we love it for fantasy because he can give you fifty points, but like from a real football perspective, uh, this guy is. I don't want to say one of a kind because we we've seen pass catching backs that can also do it on the ground, but uh, he's gonna. I think he could be up there with the elites of the Marshall Fox of the world, man. Like he's that damn good. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see maybe for the next segment, Jones will com- maybe be able to compile us some historic uh, numbers about where McCaffrey ranks against some of these elite. Yeah, for the look ahead. Yeah, we'll give you guys something for the look ahead here. Uh, in that regard as well, because he's he's doing some pretty historical stuff. Le'Veon Bell going into this season was also doing some pretty historical yeah. things with uh, yards per uh, scrimmage yards per game. Like but these last few games, he's having a rough time. It's not his fault, and it's not like he's not being as efficient with the touches as he can be. But there's t- nine dudes on him every time he touches he's the football. Still getting close to 100 scrimmage. No, yards. yeah, he's he, you know what I mean. He's not having a bad season by any stretch. He's having of the a bad season by his standards. Right, just for I mean, as is Zeke. Zeke yeah, is way down absolutely. this year, and thank God I'm super heavy on Zeke. So, so you guys can know that your season long companion here is struggling mightily. Yeah. This week did not go any better. Um, at this point, through five weeks, I'm hoping to break even at the end of fantasy football or make a few dollars. I'm not looking to win huge anymore. Oh, so uh, the DraftKings. Oh God, I got guy, beat again. The the DraftKings guy over here who only dabbles in season long. Undefeated through five games. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, let's move on to this next game. Vikings-Giants. Um, this was... Well, for starters, if you're a Wayne Gallman manager, you weren't happy because Wayne Gallman had about one or two touches, left the game with a concussion, and it wasn't even one of those he may not return. It's he's out immediately. Um, Kirk Cousins got his pass on a little bit, 22 of 27, 306, two touchdowns. The uh, squeaky wheel narrative came through. But Diggs, three for 44. Adam Thielen, great day, seven for a buck, thirty-two touchdowns, and you know I'm all over Thielen, and I'm not all over Diggs, like on a season and a week-to-week basis. So obviously I'm stoked because all the all the work is going now. Six for eighty-six for Dalvin Cook is pretty nasty as well. Yeah. On top of his twenty-one for a buck, thirty-two. This guy's also incredible. That's I like two hundred plus scrimmage yards and no touchdowns. He'll still take the twenty-eight points, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him go over 100 yards on the floor uh, four out of five games. The only game he didn't was against the Bears, and I think I can give him a pass there. So uh, Clearly one of my worst fades of the drafts this year because yeah. of how high he was going and how his injury history with me was just I didn't want to jump on board when there was guys like Nick Chubb sitting right next to him. I can understand that. I can understand um, that. Uh, this guy... The, actually, that's what I faded as well. Other guys similarly. Joe Mixon's sitting yeah. right next to him, of course. Uh, Devontae Adams sitting right next to him, of course. Yeah, and now we also see, took guys like Keenan Allen over And Juju well. Smith-Schuster. No, yeah. I didn't take any Keenan Allens over him, but I did some Juju Smith-Schusters that I'm still not satisfied yeah, that's with That's what yet. I'm saying, so... I don't know what the expiration date is on these tags, but I'm not thrilled with them. I'm thinking about yeah, taking no, them these, back to the store. <laughs> like, yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's been incredible. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure you can just go ahead and put him in that bucket for, uh, you know, game flow independent, matchup proof. You can just go ahead and throw him on the bucket because the volume is there in both the running and the passing game. So, uh, you know, you're looking at a floor that's extremely, yeah. extremely high. I mean, the only two things that are relevant on that team is maybe in a matchup, Kirk Cousins can sometimes get the job done for you. Who may may be, just a little teaser, who may be one of my favorite quarterbacks going into next week, and we'll talk about that on the look ahead. Um, But pretty much Thielen and Dalvin Cook is what you should be all over, and you're auto-starting them still in season long. We had a a couple rough weeks there with Thielen, but I think they showed – what they can do last week using utilizing the run and the pass together, and I think that's going to be a lot of the game script we see, or at least what they'll attempt to do from here on out. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, Daniel Jones, kind of a rough outing, 21 of 38, a buck 82, one touchdown, one pick. Now, I noticed you weren't out here watching Red Zone with me this week, and I assume you were in New York playing against the Vikings. So, so Daniel, talk to me about this. Uh, what went wrong this weekend with the passing game? I mean, you just saw a little bit tougher of a defense than uh, he had been facing. You know, we've seen him light up uh, uh, the Redskins for a little bit. And we also seen him uh, light up the, uh, oh, geez, who was it? Buccaneers. It was the Buccaneers, whose pass defense is terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this is was his first um, reasonable defense he faced. Uh the Vikings are very good at generating pass rush. Xavier Rhodes is actually playing pretty solid back there. Harrison Smith is always Harrison Smith. So, uh, you know, when they're generating pass rush and making quarterbacks make decisions, especially a rookie quarterback, it could be a rough time. So I think that's what we've seen there, just a uh, rough game from a good defense and a uh, rookie quarterback. 
Alright, we're going to jump over here to the high scoring game of the day. Uh, Texans 53 at home versus Falcons 32. Which if you had two players in this game, you won your season long league and you should have won money in DraftKings as well. And if you were up against the players in this game several times over like yeah. I was, you probably went you know somewhere around 5 and 17 this week in your season longs. Yeah. Uh, I haven't checked those numbers officially, but I know I didn't win 50% because Deshaun, Will Fuller, uh, you know what, pretty much everybody just hurt me Except in ways. Except for Hopkins. Hopkins he, hurt you, he hurt you in ways that you had him. Yeah, well, he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't up to Hopkins standards. Um, yeah, let's jump into it. Matt Ryan, 32 of 46, 333 and 1. Again, it looks like a good stat line unless you watch the game and see that these are all garbage time numbers. Devontae Freeman, again, 11 carries, 30 yards. I fade him as always, but he did work in the uh, receiving game again. He managed to sneak into the end zone on a short little play uh, in the red zone, 5 for 40 with a touchdown to save his line once again. Uh, God, I can't stand him. Um, Jones, jump in. like uh, On the Texan side of the ball, Will Fuller, Set a high mark of the year, I believe, with 14 for 217 and 3. I only had Will Fuller in one of my 22 leagues, but I did manage to start him. So that's good. And he wasn't startable lately, so it's good that I made that jump. Yeah. I mean, uh, this was a game that if you had exposure to in DraftKings, uh, you probably did very well. Um, my exposures really came from this game. I had a lot of Watson... A lot of Fuller, a lot of Hopkins who didn't perform all that good, a lot of Ridley. But, um, yeah, so we've seen Fuller lead, or not lead the league, but be third in air yards uh, this whole time throughout the year so far and not connect on a big play. So we just knew that was a matter of time that was going to change. Uh, he connected on a couple long touchdowns, uh, as we suspected he would have by this point you know, already. So it was just kind of a regression to the mean there. Atlanta secondary is awful. As you can see, uh, they just keep getting banged up by injury, man. Uh, Keon, not Keanu Neal. Um, yeah, it is Keanu Neal. Uh, their safety from last year who got banged up at the end of the year, missed a good chunk. Also missed, uh, torn Achilles, I believe. What last season? No, this season. Oh, no, I missed that. I'm not on top of that at all. Yeah, like, so he tore his Achilles, I believe, in uh, week two. So he's been down as well. So since then, the secondary's just been trash. So Wasn't that great before that. No, there. but he he's really, really good. And, you know, you take your best player out of the secondary, and this is what you see. So uh, moving forward, load up against Atlanta secondary. Um I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said on the Atlanta side. doesn't look like they're getting better at all. So mm -mm. I don't think you can improve something like that. You can't make them be more skilled at coverage. And this is like the fourth game in the row that Matt Ryan has thrown for 40 or more pass attempts. So as far as fantasy-wise, uh, fantasy everyone Atlanta is viable. They just may not be any damn good, but they're viable. Like, and they're, they're playable. You know what I mean? Like Matt Ryan is getting to the point, I believe, in season long where you just start Matt Ryan. Like it almost doesn't matter who you have at this point. If you check him, he's top five in QB uh, output this year. It, it actually almost feels that way with Dak, too, even though he hasn't been good because he's just 
scoring a lot of points every game when they're down and stuff as well, which apparently if Dallas is against a good team, they're going to be down, and if they're against a a bad team, they're going to be up but still doing play-action passing, so it seems like Dak gets involved every game there. He doesn't look good on the eye test, but he looks good for fantasy stat lines, so... And as a Cowboys fan, like I need you to pass the eye test, not these dumbass fantasy numbers. This isn't real. Um, on to the next game. Saints beat on the Bucks. I shouldn't say beat on. It was the score indicates it was close, but never really looked close. Teddy Bridgewater was in charge on this one. His line was excellent. Um, Twenty six of thirty four, three fourteen, four and one. Um. Five carries for only seven yards. Not a big deal there. You don't need him to do a lot of that. Just a, an overall fantastic game for what used to be the Minnesota Vikings starting quarterback. People seem to forget that. Um, Jones, what do you think about Teddy B? So we've seen uh, Teddy B kind of open up his game a little bit, right? Uh, we've seen him throw three passes down the field of 20 more, twenty or more yards and was three for three for like 101 yards. So we've seen him actually kind of... Uh, you know, shed that narrative for at least one game and was still very efficient like Teddy Bridgewater tends to be. Uh, Michael Thomas, we obviously seen that connection is just as if Drew Brees was there. I mean, Michael Thomas doesn't do his damage in the middle of the field, or I mean, he doesn't do it down the field. He does it in the middle of the field in the 8 to 15 yard range. It's incredible. So, I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater still throwing there. We could have predicted this. Uh, I had a lot of Michael Thomas and DraftKings. I thought he was the best play on the board at 6,600, um, especially against the Buccaneers secondary, who has been shredded all all season. You know, this is kind of like an Atlanta Falcons situation. So uh, we could have kind of predicted all this, to be honest with you. I was very encouraged to see uh, Kamara get over 100 yards from scrimmage, and it was like no big deal. So that's also encouraging. If he falls into the end zone then he also has a uh, very good day uh, fantasy production, and no one even knows about it, really. So, Yeah, he was, I mean, it's not great numbers for Kamara, but it's it's decent overall. Against the stout uh, Buccaneers run defense. Um, the run defense is good. Something to point out on the other side, Mike Evans zeroed out. Yeah, um, uh, Lattimore. Yeah, we talked about, I had talked about going into that. He historically was really good against Marshawn Lattimore. He's one of the few receivers in the league that it really gave him severe problems over their previous matchups. Man, think about this. Boy, did those tables turn you this had, weekend. You had just as many targets in the first half as Mike Evans did. You were targeted on just as many I was literally feeling sick and sleeping on my couch. I wasn't even targeted. Winston never tried to get me the ball, not once. That's what happened to Mike Evans in the first half. Yeah, guys, incredible. Like, when I miss one, I miss one big there because he absolutely, Marshawn Lattimore, shut down Mike Evans. I had zero Mike Evans for the record. I went with my Mike Evans in the um, DraftKings against Jones. Needless to say, that didn't go very well. Yeah, I had zero. Um, Jameis Winston got good garbage time stats as he tends to do ronald jones had an all right game still getting plenty of touches still fighting for his work there um not a whole lot to take away from this game i think the team we expected to win did the winning uh backup qb or not moving on to the defensive battle of the week the titans and bills this was a close fight bills get the w again um 
let's jump right into it here. I got something for you. Josh Allen, 23-32, Uh Singletary was not playing again. My fantasy darling has now missed three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting to be concerning that this hamstring is still lingering and he's getting practices in and then being made inactive. So they're obviously not wanting to turn him loose. So how serious is this hamstring injury is what I'm asking myself right now. Obviously, I haven't had him, you know, in desperation situations where I have to play him. Really, I have somebody else to put in. But this was a guy that by this point in the year I expected to be a a bell cow up in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was just a uh, tough matchup overall. No, I'm with you on the uh, Singletary thing. I mean, but it is a hamstring, so keep that in mind. You it's know a, what I mean? a tough injury for the skill that's, position players like wide receivers. That's literally backs, one of the biggest muscles in your body. You yeah. know what I mean? So, And you severely pulled it or strained it past where it's supposed to go is the situation when you have these what they call the hamstring injuries and such. It's a, it's pulling too far one direction, and then you can't walk and run so very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still be upright. You're just not going to move like you need to move to play professional football. Um, Frank Gore, uh, doing what he usually does, 14 carries, 60 yards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing real crazy on the pass catching. Uh, Knox only two for 12 on this one. I do want to point out Josh Allen, 10 rushing attempts. That's pretty ridiculous. Like, that's what you're looking at yeah. damn near as a rushing attempt floor for this guy. Yeah, and that's only 2.7 yards this week, yeah. but that that's that against the Titans. Be six. Yeah, like, uh, it could have been quite a bit more. Yeah. He can get in for a touchdown so easily. Yeah. Uh, here's the concerning thing if you're a Titans fan. Well, for one, Marcus Mariota, 13 to 22, a buck 83 and nothing. Five rushes for 13 yards, so nothing there either. Your biggest leading receiver for the Titans was Jonu Smith with one reception for 57 yards. Next is four receptions for Humphreys at 30 yards, and then it goes on down like that. Um... Just deplorable. Delaney Walker, one reception, 10 yards, and he's literally the only guy. Him and Derrick Henry are the only ones really worth a play on that team. Uh, anything to really take away from this game? I think I think we tell people every week to play Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker and no one else. Occasionally you'll have to take a dart throw with Corey Davis or with A.J. Brown or with, I guess, Adam Humphreys, but, like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, season long, those are, those are the only two guys that are viable season long. I mean, yeah. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown had their blow-up game, and then we see A.J. Brown with four points, Corey Davis with nine. So, I mean, it's, yeah. nothing it's the to, same story. With legit nothing to talk about there. The next game was good. The next game, Cardinals 26, Bengals 23. Uh, Bengals just can't get a victory. Cardinals finally get Kyler Murray his first victory with a last-second field goal because Kyler Murray took it down the field and got him in position for that last-second field goal. Um, did you get to see this one, Jones? I've seen a little bit of it. All right, check this out. It was pretty good. Kyler Murray, I'm going to go with what matters first. 10 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown. And he gets loose on one of these carries. And you know how he's got the little, like, quick feet running style? He kind of sees that there's a hole open up. And you finally get to see the real burst that Kyler Murray has because he tried to split the safeties. And he was this close. They caught him by just the back of a leg and wrapped him down. But his burst from, like, let's say the 35 to the 25 or wherever he was seeing this gap, maybe like the 45 to the 35, was incredible. Um, David Johnson, 
when Kyler Murray's working and, and and throwing the ball well, David Johnson has these good games as well. 17 carries, 91 yards, three receptions for 65 yards. Yeah, we do need to monitor him going into this next week. He did leave the game with a back injury. We don't know the severity of it. Hopefully we get a little bit of clarity. We'll see as the practice reports come out, but definitely something. I, the thing that's going to make this tricky is David Johnson's a veteran. David Johnson probably knows this offense, even though it's new. He's probably a workhorse type of guy. So he's probably not going to practice this week. Let's be honest. If he practices at all, I would say it's probably a limited participation yeah, Thursday and Friday. Yeah, stars if he's even, like, limited. So, I mean, that this one's going to be tricky. It, it's definitely probably something that's going to be a, you're going to have to moderate it until uh, 12. Yeah, be looking for that on kickoff on the receiving end of things. Larry Fitz, 6 for 58. Uh, Christian Kirk missed his first game. They're hoping to have him back next week. They're hopeful to get him back. We'll see. On the other side of things, Andy Dalton garbage timing it up the best he could. I mean, I shouldn't say garbage time. I just say garbage time because it's the Bengals. Uh, 262, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, this is encouraging, 19 carries for 93 yards, uh, but only one reception for 16 yards. So over 100 scrimmage yards, but only one reception, no touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, 10 for a buck 23 and one touchdown. God bless Tyler Boyd that he waited one more week so I could get the win on Young Buck in the Cash Cows League. And he does nothing and then goes off for a, for a season high, probably, I'm guessing, for him. Wouldn't that be 10 for buck 23 and a touch? has got to be a season yeah, high for him. Auden Tate did get you a touchdown, stumbled in the end zone to get you 11 points there. Um, not a lot to take away from this game. It was a close game by two pretty bad teams this year. One team has a bright future, I think, and the other team does not. Yeah, the other team is going the opposite direction of the uh, Cardinals. And I tell you what, you can just go by the quarterback, and you look at both quarterbacks, and you tell me which one has a bright future, and I'll let you guys take it from there. We're going to jump to the next game while you all think about that. Uh, next game actually started out really interesting. Redskins-Patriots at Washington. Uh, a 4-0 versus an 0-4. Washington jumps out in front with a wide receiver reverse that goes like 45 to the house, I believe. Let me see. Hold up. Let me check that. I'm gonna, I am gonna. wanted to get you an Talking example. Talking about Steven Sims? So, oh, I'm sorry. 65 to the house. Yeah, no. I, I Tim didn't text you. I said, what the F is a Steven Sims? Yeah, I like, said the same thing. They were like Sims Jr. with a 65-yard touchdown on the reverse, and I'm like, who? Yeah, I thought who? he was a defensive player. I was like, I know enough about football. I, I got to know him if he plays offense. Yeah, no, yeah. we're learning something every day. Wendell Smallwood managed to get six carries for 27 in this one, four for 21 for Thompson. Peterson, seven for 18, so he's not even getting legit shares anymore as the like lead bell cow back. And... McLaurin, 3 for 51. That was your big high-scoring receiver for the day. Uh, terrible day for the Redskins. Terrible. Uh, I don't have anything else on the Redskins. If you want to say something nice, um, Jay Gruden was fired. That's something nice if you're a Redskins fan. Uh, no, just a, just a quick tidbit on the Redskins' next game. 
it's going to be the battle for the number one overall pick yeah. between them and the Dolphins. And the Redskins do have the advantage in this one, seeing how they are just fired their head coach. And on a third-string so, quarterback. Yeah, and so like they're worse than ever right now. Keep in like, mind, when the we Dolphins say are about to pick up a win right here. Yeah, like, when we say advantage, we mean an advantage at getting that number yeah. one draft pick. <laughs> right. Because right. ain't nobody here worried about going and getting a victory here like they're sitting there in their locker room right now they're gonna be like all right the dolphins are gonna try to run the football to the left and when they do that i want y'all to let them run it to the left (laughs) y'all go right and then look confused because we need a kid who can come in here and throw the damn ball it ain't gonna be dwayne haskins i did not like what i seen from him in the one game where they let him play the second half it looked bad i'm i'm never just from a football perspective, I'm never in favor of making a guy's first action be in relief duty or clean up or, like you're out there or, like in you know the just shit. like a QB change mid game. Yeah. I don't like that. I personally uh, don't like that because you didn't get the first team reps. You weren't involved with the game plan as heavily as the number one was, and and you know that's just the that's just the problem is like he's not involved with the game plan like yeah a full week give the, the kid a week to like work on it no, and like the starter i'm glad they didn't start him against the patriots the yeah, next week because that would have ruined him like send out colt mccoy to throw a pick and get slaughtered <laughs> right. uh next game up i don't you know we're not even going to talk about the patriots sony michelle looked better this week let's leave it at that Every- gonna get the volume if if rex burkhead is out it's pretty clear play james white play sony michelle yeah, if any of those three are out, it gives you a green yeah. light. And like, and I'll be honest, for those of you season long guys, you probably drafted Sony Michelle in the fifth, sixth round. You're playing Sony Michelle, yeah. Unless you've got uh, Melvin Gordon back now, and I'll tell you this: last week, I guess you should have played Sony Michelle over Melvin Gordon if you made that mishap. Call yourself a uh, a fantasy guru and start yourself a podcast. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, I can I can poke fun at myself. I do a lot of winning when it comes to this. So when when the old football gods just make me look ignorant, I can laugh about that and chuckle and go get my umbrella. Uh, next game up: Ravens versus Steelers. Ravens getting through with a twenty six twenty three overtime victory. They did not get the ball first, but they did strip Smith Schuster, I believe. Yes. And went ahead and get the victory. Lamar Jackson looking, looking human, to say the least. Not even at some points in that game, not even a good human. Uh, Fourteen for seventy uh, on the carries and rushing yards. That's encouraging. Mark Ingram getting in the end zone like he tends to do every game. Uh, Mark Andrews hurt himself again a little bit. We'll see. Keep monitoring him throughout the week. He's constantly banged up this Looks season. Like throughout the year. Yeah, he's just going to have a questionable tag until the playoffs, maybe through the playoffs. Um, I didn't see a whole lot in that game. It was a nice um, hard-fought game. Mason Rudolph took one of the hardest hits you'll see all year. That was ugly. Um, I was watching the game with my friend Tim, and it's the first time where I've been watching NFL football, and I looked at Tim as serious as I could, and I asked him if Mason Rudolph just died because I didn't see anything – that would lead me to believe otherwise. <laughs> so, 
I mean, for those of you guys who didn't see the hit, Mason Rudolph. Like, it, it, I don't know. It was no laugh, dude. Like, it was serious, man. Like, it it was very serious, yeah. After, like, you normally don't go, like, directly to the emergency room for a concussion. Well, let me, let me, like, get, let me start the story proper. So, he ducks up under the pocket and steps out and he rolls out to the left and he finds a man downfield. He's got Smith Schuster. So, as he's throwing the ball and just releasing it, he gets hit from the back and kind of pushed into a guy that's coming up and hits him in the front, like right underneath the chin strap. Like just, I'm thinking God actually hit him clean in the jaw and didn't even get all helmet. Anyway, he's completely like, we're not talking just laid out like he's hurt. He's unconscious. Like doesn't know where he's at. And we're talking all the time about like they get him up. And they bring a cart out on the field, you know, because this is a serious hit, and they, they're thinking about putting him on the stretcher. Cart dies. The cart battery dies on the field. The cart dies. They can't get him off the field. They've got to get this fucking guy up and make him walk. And they walk him over to the sidelines, and it looks horrible, Jones. The way he walks, have you seen the walk to the yeah. sidelines? It looks like how South Park pokes fun at the NFL when the guys are walking around like they don't know where they're at. This dude has no clue he's a football player. Yeah, I'm not even yeah. kidding. Yeah, no, like, I actually I actually thought to myself he probably when he like cuz he had like this goofy like kind of innocent look on his face when he was walking to the sideline and it was like Someone had just told him that he was the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh. Yeah, and he's no, like, seriously. And he's, he's just walking. He's like, shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, seriously. He's talking to one of like the trainers and coaches, and they're like putting back in, and they're like right here. And there's some, and I almost said to Tim, I said to Tim when we were there, I said, I think they're actually telling him he's the starting quarterback. And for he's the, looking around. Like he's, he's a like, football player. Shut up, man. Like he probably doesn't even know he's Mason Rudolph right now. And they're letting him know all these things because he looks shocked and surprised. We're not even yeah. kidding with you a little bit. Um, For those of you who are, you know, not liking to see an injury or something, I hope you didn't see that. It was – he took a good. shot. Uh, he'll definitely, I assume, be missing next week for concussion protocol. I'd be shocked if he comes back. I yeah, I I this this would be the variety where it wouldn't shock me if this was a two weaker. Yeah, like Jordan, we're gonna call this the Jordan Reed variety because every every Jordan Reed injury takes three to four times longer than it does for a normal player to get back on the field. So that's a that's a statement of fact. I've never seen so many four and five week concussions from anyone than Jordan he's Reed. He's had like seven or eight, man. Like, he should probably stop. He he's gonna he should probably stop. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we got um, Marquise Brown had himself a touchdown to salvage his day, but then left the game with an injury later. Uh, and you'll want to monitor that going forward. Yeah, because that's a big piece. Uh, and when, if you guys notice, it, it's kind of becoming a trend. Uh, when Marquise Brown struggles, uh, Lamar tends to struggle along with it. The deep ball uh, that he's been so really, really, really good at, one of the best in the league at the deep ball, uh, that hasn't been there in the last couple weeks. So it, it's really looking like a correlation of if Marquise Brown is running good deep routes, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to hit him. But if they can't find that connection, then it's going to be a rough day as far as the upside goes. I will point out his touchdown was um, quite unique for a guy that's considered yeah, a smaller guy. Like he really did sky up, and he took a shot and held on to it as well. He took a real good shot, and the first thing that hit the, the ground was his head and the ball. Yeah. Uh, 
and really held on to it there. So again, I think that's a young kid who's got just a tremendous upside and ceiling, if not this season and upcoming seasons for sure. I look for him to be a fixture in the Ravens receiving core for, I shouldn't say a fixture, I should say leading that group, leading that pack for years to come. Uh, going forward, <laughs> Raiders get a win over the Bears. I imagine, Zach, if you're watching this, you damn near wet your pants on this one. Yeah. Like, this was your Super Bowl. Drink it in, bro. Um, are the Raiders playoff contenders? Like, what are these guys? Like, Khalil Mack talks shit all week. You know Khalil Mack was just jawing all week, talking shit, and then lost. And it's like, dude, okay, Mr. Defensive Superstar, like, you know, you got to kind of show up there like, you let the Raiders score 24 points on you. And I understand it's because Chase Daniel threw a couple picks. Just horrible. I mean, like, their defense was set up to fail. But if you're an elite defense like the Bears' defense is supposed to be, you can't fail against the Raiders. Like, the Raiders are, like, you would think going into this season are as dysfunctional as one could be. Just based on, not even just Antonio Brown, but just based off if you watch Hard Knocks at all. So... You could just see, like, holy shit, how are they going to follow this Chucky-looking dude around and actually get anything done, and now they're 3-2. and two. Um, I don't really know where to start on this game. Chase Daniel, the two interceptions he threw was, like, is about the interceptions I would throw if I went out and tried to play backyard football with some young college kids now and just didn't warm up at all or nothing. i just chuck it straight at them. I mean, like, it was thrown to the linebacker. Like, both both the interceptions yeah. were just ugly as shit. Unfortunately, this was the game that I had to that had the pleasure of watching in its entirety. So, um... Where were you? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, no. Raiders! It was a, it was a pretty gross game overall. Uh, nothing, nothing really stood out to me, particularly, except for uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson continues to produce... Um, Started him, with nothing and then turned it on in the second half. Seen him uh, moss one in the end zone, possibly even a little bit of toe drag swag. Yeah, that's we'll shit. see tomorrow. That's but part of what lost me cash cows league. Is that fucking Allen toe Robinson. drag swag? Yeah, that pissed me off a good one. Yeah, no. Uh, so he continues to be productive. Uh, gonna be playable. Uh, I if I had him in season long, I would be. Uh, you would have to talk me out of not playing him. Uh, I'll put it like that. Okay. So, uh, um, on the other side of things, Cohen getting himself six receptions for 39 yards and four carries for 10 yards. That's actually, to me, quite encouraging based on what his production had been. He now has a touchdown in his last two games as well as a fair amount of touches, whereas he was struggling to get involved in the passing game the first three weeks. So... I did drop him in one league for Melvin Gordon. Acceptable. Uh, I'm obviously still keeping him on my roster in other leagues and just trying to avoid him until we can kind of maybe... Maybe he fits better with Chase Daniel. I don't know what the situation is there is why his pickup these last two games. It has been with Chase Daniel, so we'll see how that looks going forward. He's playable if you're desperate is where I'm at with him and Montgomery because Montgomery doesn't do much seems like in the receiving game at all so they're just pretty much one and the other so uh congrats to the raiders let's click over on their stat line Derek carr 229 25 of 32 but no touchdowns no picks this was a josh jacobs game this is what you expected to see from a kid drafted so high by the raiders 
26 carries, a buck 23, two touchdowns, um, three receptions, 20 yards. This is why you drafted him third and second and fourth round in fantasy this year in season longs. This is what you wanted from him. Uh, anything to add to that, Jones? Yeah, so uh, very, very impressed, first of all, to see it come against this type of defense. I'm not going to make any excuses for the Bears' defense. Uh, they just got manhandled at the uh, line of scrimmage. So anytime that happens, the running back has a good chance to have a great day. We've seen him uh, be very elusive. We've seen him even run with power. So uh, very encouraged to see a game like that uh, from him against such a stout defense. All right. Um, not a whole lot more to jump into there. Um, shame on the Bears for blowing that one. Uh, we jump to the first game of the afternoon slate. Um, the Raiders, probably a big fan of these Broncos, at least this week. Uh, getting the job done to send the Raiders into second place in the AFC West. Uh, Broncos get the job done against the Chargers, who just got Melvin Gordon back. Joe Flacco, 14-20, buck 82, 1-1. Nothing real impressive there, but here's where we want to talk. Philip Lindsay, 15 carries, a buck 14, one touchdown. Another four, four receptions for 33 yards. So he's given us 2018 Philip Lindsay numbers these last two weeks. Makes me super hot, happy that I drafted him in the fifth round in a lot of leagues. He's given me the last two weeks RB1 production. I'm loving it. Cortland Sutton started off huge. He has like two receptions for 82 yards and then went on for the rest of the game to get two more receptions for 10 more yards. So that was kind of disappointing. Royce Freeman still had 13 carries for 61 yards as well and two receptions for six yards. Yeah, so I just want to point out as far as the uh, Broncos backfield, and this is something that we see on a week-to-week basis, and it's almost frustrating for Lindsay owners because it's like, excuse me, Lindsay managers, because it's it's almost just like a situation where he can do so much more because, like, he's so efficient, man. Like, so Lindsay has 19 touches. Royce Freeman has 15 touches. Not a big discrepancy in touches, right? Right. Uh, Philip Lindsay has 137 yards, or excuse me, yeah, 147 yards and a touchdown. Versus Freeman has 66 on his 15. He's so efficient with his touches. Like, and it's frustrating even as a Broncos fan, because we seen this last year, like Royce Freeman had his opportunity. Philip Lindsay was the efficiency monster last year. He's proven to be the same thing this year. So, I mean, uh, very encouraged to see what Philip Lindsay's doing. Philip Lindsay's going to look like, uh, Possibly a top 10 RB this year as far as he's just been exploding. Um, yeah, on the other side of the ball, this is one of the worst games you're going to see from Phillip Rivers all season. We're talking about a Broncos defense that just last week gave up 225 yards to Leonard Fournette and lost Bradley Chubb to injury for the season. And they come in and against this Chargers team that's just getting a fresh and healthy Melvin Gordon back. We get 12 carries, 31 yards for Melvin Gordon. Three carries for seven yards for Austin Eckler, who is in midseason form already. And then we get 15 receptions from Eckler for 86 yards. Incredible, man. 15 catches. 15 catches. 
And we only get four for seven from Melvin Gordon and literally nothing else. Keenan Allen, four for 18. Mike Williams seemed to be the only guy doing any damage besides Eckler, six for 74. Broncos defense, incredible. So this is kind of what we were expecting going into the year, right? You know what I mean? Is them to show up and be stingy. and I can't believe this is when they finally decided to do something is when I get Melvin Gordon back. Yeah, I know. That's. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate timing. It's like they know what's going on with me personally, and they're attacking me. It's horrible. But, I mean, we did (laughs) see Kareem Jackson come back, who's been bad uh, the first couple of games, but is still a good player overall. We've seen him come back to bolster the secondary. And uh, we also seen just them start getting after the passer. You know, getting after the passer makes a big deal. And anytime you do that, and uh, by the way, Chris Harris was phenomenal on Keenan Allen. Yeah. Chris Harris. uh, That was tough. Like, as a Broncos fan, of course, I don't want to trade a 29-year-old stud corner, but uh, he could, he's worth a lot, in my opinion. If the Broncos trade him, they better trade him for at least a first. So. Yeah. Um. I don't have a lot else from that game. No. Uh, I'm impressed with your team for a change to get their first win of the year. They've never started 0-5. Did you hear that shit? Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty good uh, stat to keep a hold of up as until, well. Up until last year, they had never ever in their history had back-to-back losing seasons. Last two years were the, last, were the very first time. Wow. All right, next game my Cowboys got beat on. The score does not indicate... The actual closeness yeah. of the game whatsoever. Um, all it did was let Dak Prescott ruin my fantasy season on a few leagues because he outperformed Rodgers drastically. I picked Rodgers to be the better quarterback in this game. And what Rodgers did was basically move the ball all the way down the field and then hand it to Aaron Jones for touchdowns. Um, Aaron Jones dominated the game. The Cowboys didn't have an answer for him. I know a lot of people thought it was going to be dominated by the running game of the Cowboys. It was dominated by the running game of the Packers. Jones, input. Say something that helps me feel better about being a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I wish I could. I don't even know. uh, I mean, these receiving numbers are lovely from Cooper and Gallup. If they do this every week, that would be nice. but, But they were so empty. Those receiving numbers came because they were down by... 30. Two scores, you know Three. what I mean? Oh, they were down three scores. Three, you know, for the majority like of the game. 31-7, like yeah. The defense is bad. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of it. The linebackers are flying around, but they're, I think a lot of teams are starting to use their aggressiveness against them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So They're over-pursuing, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that has a lot to do with it right now. I think for the time being, uh, this defense doesn't look like it has anything together, and you can be playing players against what we thought was going to be a pretty good Dallas defense. And on the, uh, on the Packers side, you know, like you said, Aaron Jones just completely dominated, man. So Yeah, like we're pretty good against the first wide receiver. Like we tend to be good. Like you'll notice of all this scaling, one for 18, like – Byron Jones does a good job and mm-hmm. and locks a guy down. But, you know, we're not getting the same production from Awuzier and from Xavier Woods and from these other guys, uh, you know, that, we, that we've got, you know, in 20. Uh, if you guys are just seeing that pop up on the screen, that's Dexter Carter. Um, I told him to watch the new South Park episode, and he said, wow, killed Winnie the Pooh, which if you haven't been keeping up with South Park, they've recently pissed off China. 
And now the Chinese government is upset with Matt and Trey over their recent episode. Jones is looking at me like I'm crazy because he hasn't seen it. It's a good episode, I promise, bro. Uh, Shout out to South Park. I'm a big fan. I love what they do. Big fan. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, Dak didn't even look good No, Dak looked horrible. Dak looked like he wasn't worth the $30 we offered him. You need to get the ball like they... why isn't Zeke touching it twenty five times? I don't. I don't understand it. I don't get it either. It doesn't make. It's like they don't understand that that's how they wore teams down the last year, and that's when Zeke goes off in the fourth quarter. Zeke is not a first overall, a first round draft pick in fantasy football. If you don't wear them down throughout the game, utilizing him so he can eat because he's in better conditioning shape than them in the fourth quarter. And at this point in the season, he's been back long enough now. He's in better shape, just like he should be, than the rest of those defenders. By the end of the game, he should still be running saying. hard. Like, I'm not sure. They're, they're just not giving sense. him the damn ball, man. Like, no, give, give the, him the damn ball. Like, like, what are you guys doing? With all due respect, there's too many 200-yard games for Amari Cooper when you have Ezekiel Elliott there. Yeah, like Amari Cooper, fine player. Zeke, great player. Great player. Well, I, I, Zeke, Zeke is just on a different level. But he's not getting the production because he's not getting the touches, and that's not his fault. That's the coach's fault. He hasn't been inefficient. He's just not getting as many carries and such as he should a game, and they're not checking it down and looking at him in the passing game enough anymore either. Like, this is what made us successful in the past years, and this is what you're going away from right now. So hopefully they can turn it around and figure that out. Um, two games left on the slate to talk about. It looks like we're going to get this show in about one hour. Chiefs Colts. I didn't get to see this game, Jones. I fell asleep because I wasn't feeling well. Talk me through it. Yeah, so we seen uh, a, a really, really, really damn good game played by the Colts. Uh, really clean game overall, except for Jacoby Brissett's uh, very errant throw on a deep pass he tried to make, which the guy was open if he puts any touch on it whatsoever. But game kind of started out as we expected. Chiefs uh, come out on their second drive, I believe, and uh, we see Mahomes do his scramble, 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 gets to the sideline, out of the pocket, and just throws a freaking dime, a dart on the run to Byron, Myron or Byron Pringle in the end zone. Oh, yeah. So, at that point, you're thinking this is, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. So then we see the Colts go down, kick a field goal. By the way, on that drive, on that instant or that first drive, Mac gashes them all up and down the field, and this is going to be a constant throughout the game. They run the ball forty-one times. I'm looking at it right now. Jesus Lord, he carried it twenty-nine times for a buck thirty-two on their closing drive. Think about this: on their closing drive, they handed him the ball eleven times, dude, out of fourteen plays. And he just gashed them up and down the field. What I'm trying to say is the Indianapolis Colts exposed how you beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are, I don't, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are a bad team because I still believe the Chiefs are one of the best teams in football. But you beat the Chiefs by exploiting their weakness, which is they can't stop the run. How many times? I've been preaching this to you for what, three weeks now? I told you if yeah. a game stays close, the running back is going to go off because they yeah. can't stop the run. Not even a little bit, no. So we've seen the Indianapolis Colts possess the ball for 39 minutes of the game yesterday. Like Theoretically, the way Dallas is built should be able to compete against the Chiefs because they're supposed to be able to chew up rock yeah. and run. 
Like if that's the type of team you're built, if you're built around a team like no. the nineties, you're yeah. going to, you're going to be great against the chiefs high powered, you know, passing attack is what we're trying to tell you because you can keep that ball out of Mahomes' hands, wear that defense down. And the more wore down they get, the easier it'll be to quote unquote feed. One takeaway I did have from this game. That's an interesting <laughs> TY struggled four for 37 that me and you constantly talk about is I always say, and it sounds stupid when I say it, if you keep Mahomes in the pocket, that's better for you. Yeah, that's like, probably true. The, he's Think about it. Like, he's the best passer in football, and the way you beat him is to keep him in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like The guy's so incredible on the run. That's when he gets out and makes plays because then the defense starts scrambling. The receivers have the advantage in those scramble situations. Because they already know what they're planning on doing. Exactly, and the quarterback has that chemistry where it's a free-for-all on defense and you have the best thrower of the football throwing the football. So People get lost. A big shout-out to the Colts defense as well that's pretty banged up and did a great job against this Chiefs. I think this has generated pressure. We want to go ahead and give this accreditation to the uh, to the coordinators and the coaches. I think yeah, has to be a big staff, part of it. Absolutely, um, definitely. Shout out to that Colts coaching staff doing an incredible job bottling up Kansas City. Uh, I, as a Dallas fan, struggling the last few weeks. It was nice to wake up and see all the Chiefs fans. You know, I woke up not feeling good today, and it was nice to go out in public and hear all the sad Chiefs fans talking about how they'll be back strong next week and stuff. Like yeah, they, uh, they're gonna have a. That's gonna be one of my favorite games to target. Just a little mini look ahead. Gonna be one of my favorite games to target next week uh, for DraftKings against the Texans. Chiefs Texans. Yeah. Opened opened at fifty one, dude. Hey, spoiler alert: Carlos Hyde could be playable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, a rematch against the team that cut him or traded him after they were going to cut him? Revenge, mm, revenge narrative. narrative. <laughs> One of the top rushers in the league somehow through five weeks. Revenge narrative. It's crazy, right? Uh, last game to talk about Monday Night Football. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, the return of Tevin Coleman. Uh, there are only two undefeated teams in football right now. One's the Patriots, big shocker, five and zero. The other, the San Francisco 49ers at four and zero, led by a Patriot disciple. I wouldn't call him a disciple. He just played his rookie contract there, and he never that's got like to play. Two years. He never got to play. No, though. that's not true. He played like four or five games. Okay, I apologize. Apparently, and they got he him played. Paid by the... He doesn't, dude. He doesn't lose when he starts games in the, in right. the regular season, man. I got a line for you here. Baker Mayfield, 8 of 22, 100 yards, 2 picks. Looking like a fool with his pants. I ain't seen him do anything good since he started doing those commercials where he was mowing the grass at his stadium and he was trying to get the power to work in the right places because it was talking about you know, protecting his house and stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, man, I just think at the end of the day... This team was smelling their own shit a little bit too much. You know what I mean? They were like, mm, mm, mm. That smells so yeah. good. Drinking that Odell Beckham, whatever it is you're drinking with him. That's what I'm saying. Like, And now they're starting to realize that, uh, oh, man, it's, it's stanky. So they're going to have to do something about it, man. Like they, they, are, they just came in way too overconfident. Yeah, on the other side of things, Odell Beckham, one for one, 20 yards passing. Nick Chubb, 16 for 87. Uh, Odell, 2 for 15. That's encouraging that he's getting touches in a slightly different way than just receiving. However, 2 for 27 receiving for Odell. 
Now, he's getting these other touches and they're trying to design plays for him. So, is Odell going to be mature and say, maybe I'm not doing much with the opportunities being handed to me? Or is he going to act like it's the coaching staff's fault that he's not getting open and being available for nine receptions a game? Landry, however, four for 75. Last two games, Landry has blown up out of nowhere. I'm stoked that I have him in some leagues. I'm sure as soon as I actually get him in the lineup after these two good games. I say good games, four for 75. It's just not awful. He was apparently the only one on his offense besides Chubb that could do anything. Yeah, Chubb's going to get the volume. It looks like like they're, he's he's kind of like not not quite four net range, but uh, real close. We're going to see him at 20 touches, uh, including the receiving game. Just about every week, I'm pretty sure, which is going to make him playable because we love volume from the running back position. Uh, yeah, Garoppolo on the other side of things, pretty good, 20-29, buck 81, two touchdowns. Matt Breida, we discussed this, he uh, broke off an 80-yard run to start the game and then went 10 for like 34 yards or 30 and some change, you know, the rest of the game. So he balanced out eventually. Um Still looks to me like a Tevin Coleman thing happening here. 16 carries, 97 and a touch. That's obviously good production overall. I tend to lean towards a guy that's getting good average yardage every play more than the home run guy. It is what it is. On the receiving end of things, Brita did just fine on that. 3 for 15 and a touch. Whereas Coleman did not have any receiving this game, but he will in general. I don't think you should concern yourself with that. Jones, you got anything else for him for this last game of the week? Uh, not really, man. Like, Are the 49ers, are all their players viable now? Like 6 for 70 and a touchdown for Kittle. Like As far as like the regular 49ers, like the running backs we've been utilizing, Kittle. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kittle. We we did see some encouraging stuff from Kittle. They finally kind of made him a part of the game plan. I think this Cleveland defense is hit and miss from a week-to-week basis, but Coleman coming back and having a good, solid outing, especially just on the ground. This is a guy who's gave us a lot of production in the passing game over the years but hasn't been great on the ground. So I think 16 of 97 against what I think is at least an average Browns defense is pretty solid and encouraging. Maybe they weren't so very average tonight, but I think throughout the season you'll see Browns as a middle of the road on defense, give or take. Yeah. Um, I got nothing else for him from any of the games this week. Um, Jay Gruden was fired. We didn't really touch on that much. He made a funny quip in his press conference that if the key still works Monday morning, that he'd go back to work. Uh, he was fired, so I'm guessing that the key yeah, they, didn't work. They called him at they called him in after the game and told him to come in for a five a.m. meeting. Like that's ridiculous. dude. First of all, that's like you don't want a disgruntled employee. Like you got to fire the dude when he leaving, so he don't come back. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a five a.m. meeting. You just wanted to get it out there for the six o'clock news cycle to hit. Asshole. They said, yeah, they asked, I had heard that as well, and somebody tweeted, they're like, why wouldn't he just tell them to go fuck themselves and stay at home and watch it on SportsCenter like everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, he, um, and I explained it to my wife today, because she was like, oh, why did they fire him, you know, and she doesn't really follow football very much. I'm like, well, because he was losing. She was like, well, isn't it like everybody's fault? And I'm like, well, yeah, but part of it is like, they got no respect for this dude, and this dude is, you know... What do you? I want to say, I don't want to say spineless, but I kind of do. Like he sits there and 
I don't know, man. It's a he didn't like Dwayne. He didn't like Dwayne Haskins from the beginning, and it's like you've made it so known that everybody and their mother knows that you didn't like this kid that management stuck you with, and it was either going to be you or Dwayne Haskins at this point. It almost looked like, even though he's just the rookie quarterback, and they don't even know if he can do anything yet. But it seemed like they just had their last straw with you not liking this guy and losing every game this season, usually in funny fashion. And deplorable fashion. They lost week one after they were up 17-0 against Philly and then just let Philly come back and roll them in the second half. So I, I got to say from a business aspect, like, yeah, that's too bad for him as a, as a person, but he'll get work elsewhere. If you have the last name Gruden, you have a job in football somewhere. So. I mean, I, I don't – that's a bad organization. I wouldn't like, want to get starts, a job there. They could call me tomorrow, and I'd say no thank you. It starts you. at the top, man. Like That is a bad organization. The Daniel Snyder constantly oversteps his bounds. Bruce Allen is not a good general manager. Constantly makes bad signings. Uh, doesn't hit on draft picks. I mean, it, it's it's not all Jay Gruden. While I don't think Jay Gruden was a very good coach, I think personally that organization ruined Robert Griffin III. Didn't want to commit to Kirk Cousins when he was balling. I mean, they've just made a lot of bad decisions can, over the can years. Can I point out a few more they've made? They signed Albert Hainsworth, who shortly quit playing football after it's they a, got him. It's a bad organization. They man. traded um, Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis to your Denver Broncos. We see how that turned out. Clinton Portis had one or two good seasons. Champ Bailey was with your team for like the next seven years, and I'm pretty sure brought you guys yeah, all pro. Like, I don't know if he brought you a Super Bowl, but he no. was certainly around for some good years, and he brought you playoff contention in a shutdown corner every year yeah. in and year out, one of the best in the league, and he touched the ball on offense. Uh, we could sit here and talk all day about how historically, I mean, Sua Cravens left football, and I'm pretty Trent sure Trent Williams doesn't, Trent want, Williams to doesn't want to play for him because of the way like, they handle their injury situations. They basically treat you like you're a pussy if you get hurt there, and they don't want to take care man. of you. Like it's a bad organization. Uh, yeah, I think at some point when the NFL is what it is, they have to step in as an organization and get something up to standards. I think that they maybe need to... We're certainly talking about it here when nobody wants to play for this team. I mean, you got a team that's tanking on purpose down in Miami, and at least some of those guys still want to be there. Right. Yeah, and and they know that they'll be better, you know, if they want to wait it out for part of their career, there's better, you know, things coming around the corner, and it should be good later on. But show me what's going to happen good in Washington. That's the one team I know my Cowboys can get by every year. Like, we may not win our division. We may not be playoff contenders. We're going to get Washington. It's a bad year if we lose one game to Washington. Like that's how take that to heart right there for real. Um, you really want to give them a promo, like just a, like a quick preview tonight, like or just a quick like a uh, couple players to just look forward to next week or games that you want to highlight. Yeah, I mean I'll highlight a couple games, but yeah, that's all I want to do too. Close to done with all no, the I'm right there with you. Like we already talked on Chiefs Texans. So here's another one that just jumps out to me as I'm looking down. If you guys want to see for football purposes, 49ers-Rams is going to be a good fucking game, I think. I think the 49ers are going to get the Rams. That'll be their true test. Yeah, like let's see if the 49ers are legit or not. Second, we already talked about Chiefs-Texans. This Falcons-Cardinals game, uh, we talked about how bad the Falcons secondary is. Yeah, Cardinals, that'll be one of my favorite games yeah, to target. Cardinals love to throw the ball and also have a horrible set. Like, everybody yeah. should just be throwing the ball willy-nilly in this, that one. This Like, the, the Falcons could reverse text. Like, the Falcons could beat the Cardinals 52-30 to something this upcoming week. Yeah, or vice versa could lose 52-30 to against the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray ain't showed me he can put up 50. 
Kyler Murray showed me he can throw for the yards. At some point, the guys he's throwing for these yards to Dude, will step in the end zone. Like six yards with pass, man. Like, He'll that get there. Translate to 50. He'll get there. Um, probably the bummiest game of the week will be Broncos Titans, and not a lot of scoring coming from that. I don't. Yeah, I can tell you what I'll say on Wednesday. Play the defenses. Yeah, play the defenses. <laughs> Uh, Cowboys Jets. Hopefully, that's a bounce back spot for my Cowboys. If they can't beat the Jets, well, fuck. I'd probably just hang up my cap for the season and wait till next year. Um, Lions Packers. Historically, teams that play each other tough on Monday night would at least be something to look at and watch. Two division games. Uh, both teams over five hundred. Yeah, it should be. It a, should be a good one. Chargers Steelers. So you get to see James Conner, Juju Smith Schuster, Melvin Gordon, and Keenan Allen and Eckler. Sunday night. That should be a good scoring. Yeah, game and too. I'm up against you in uh, our league this week. So we'll be doing. We'll be having yeah. an on air challenge of some sort I'm oh sure. yeah we'll be wagering and we'll probably have bench bets and stuff too we'll have some fun with the cash cows portion of that next week so guys we don't have nothing else for you we're going to bring you the full-on first look in a couple days and uh, then we'll bring you the deep dive on the weekend sometime on saturday so just be looking <laughs> excuse me and as always we appreciate you being here with us hit that fucking subscribe button uh like share show your football people show your poker people because we got a ton of stuff on the channel we hope you enjoy it jones anything else uh no jim just uh like you said hit the like button subscribe we uh enjoy doing it for you guys thanks again for joining us all right and uh jay gruden if you listening bro you know enjoy this week sleep in tomorrow come on the podcast yeah peace <laughs>